everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Oh, three days of regional action wasn't enough. We had to have another day. One more day of NCAA regional action is on tap for us today. Good morning. Welcome to RP3 and company on this beautiful sunrise morning. Even yours truly, Mr. Krusty, looked outside this morning and went, Got to take a moment. Got to take a moment. Beautiful sunrise out there, which means it's going to be a great day, which means it's going to be a great week, and we appreciate you kicking it off with us here on RP3 and Company. Good morning. I am the big, bald, and beautiful one, Raymond Parch III. Of course, I'm joined inside the studios by the producer extraordinaire, a woman who possibly may hate sunrises. Not really for sure. She made a grimace face when I mentioned it. The one and only Hannah Five Names. We got a great show lined up for you today. <laughs> oh, man. We do have a good show. Great show. Just not good. Great show lined up for you today on this tremendous June the 6th. Got three guests for you today. Jeff Palermo will join us. Our friend from the Louisiana Radio Network and Tiger Rag Radio will join us at 7.30. Of course, course we'll talk all things LSU. At 8.15, we'll check in with our good friend Bob Nightingale from USA Today. Covers Major League Baseball. We'll talk a little baseball at 8.15. And then at 8.30, Adam Spencer Our friend from Saturday Down South will join us to talk college baseball, NCAA regional weekend, and if we can, squeeze in a little football talk as well. So we got three guests lined up for you, all on the back half of this morning's show. We'll get to the NBA playoffs. Golden State responded as we expected. That series is now knotted up at a game apiece. Game three will be in 2023 sometime. We'll talk Houston Astros. Great road trip for them. Even with bizarro umpires trying to make themselves part of the game yesterday, which that's a tradition like none other. We'll touch on all that. Of course, we'll take your phone calls. Game hotline is always open. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. But we're going to lead off today's show talking about NCAA Regional Weekend. We had four teams from the state of Louisiana earn berths into NCAA Regionals. And as it stands here on this Monday morning, there's only one team left that even has a chance of making it to the Supers. And that's not going to be a guarantee. Poor southeastern Louisiana. Those Lions, they made it into 
the tournament, right? Because they took two or three from McNeese. They earn a spot in the Auburn Regional as the four seed. And it wasn't it, it was a quick weekend for our friends in Hammond. Getting to an NCAA regional was a success. Winning their conference tournament, a success. So let me not take this away. They got to 30 wins. They got to 30 and 29. They won their conference tournament. Came back to win it after being down one game to none in the best of three series against McNeese. Nothing to take away from Southeastern. But they got absolutely trucked. Trucked. They lost to host Auburn 19-7 and then were eliminated on Saturday by losing 16-2. 19-7, 16-2. Thank you for playing. Come again. But no one really believed Southeastern had a chance. What about the Cajuns? What about Louisiana Tech? They seemed like they could have had a better opportunity to make some damage. I sat here and told you I liked Louisiana Tech's chances, right? I liked how they were gritty. They were kind of a grinder team. And this was not a vintage Texas team in the Austin Regional where Louisiana Tech was your number two seed. Well, if you can't beat a team like Air Force, you're not going to be winning any regional. Just as a rule of thumb. The Bulldog season comes to an end. They end it at 43-21 and 21 overall. They lose to Air Force on Sunday, 9-7. to seven. They began the Austin Regional looking really good in the 2-3 matchup, trucking Dallas Baptist University 12 to 5 but they come up short against Texas on Saturday night losing 5 to 2 and then were eliminated by Air Force on Sunday in a game they should have won so disappointing end to the season for the Bulldogs as they get eliminated on Sunday in the Austin Regional the Louisiana Raging Cajuns meanwhile they got into a regional for the first time since 2016. Big deal around these parts, right? Big deal. Matt Deggs' third year at the helm. They get it done. They make a great run in their conference tournament. They take out the one-seed Texas State in the semis. Then they beat Georgia Southern in the championship game. That earns them a spot in the College Station regional. But Matt Deggs' team... Makes it to Sunday, but gets sent home nonetheless. Ending their season 37-23 due to the Raging Cajuns. Like Louisiana Tech, it started off well. Hard-fought, back-and-forth victory over TCU on Friday, 7-6. And then came Saturday. And that's one that they're going up. That's one that's going to hurt. 
that's one that's going to hurt. Because they were beating Texas A&M. They were beating the host team. They had that game won on Saturday. They let it get away from them. A&M showed why they were a national seed, showed why they were hosting as they come back and beat the Raging Cajuns 9-6. to That forces Cajuns into an elimination game on Sunday, and TCU got their revenge, beating the Raging Cajuns 6-1. to But nothing really to hold your head, hang your head about, right? It's an up-and-down season, year three. This team finally latched on to the identity of Matt Deggs. They make a run in the conference tournament. They win their conference tournament. And they make it NCAA regional for the first time since 2016. And they even win themselves a regional game. Did so against the regular season Big 12 champion to boot. Could be the great breakthrough foundation season that this program desperately needed. So that's 0 for 3. That leaves it up to LSU. The Cardiac Cats, as they've been nicknamed this postseason, what a weekend they had. It all starts off with the win against Kennesaw State, where, (laughs) how? They win that game. That's the 2-3 matchup at the Hattiesburg Regional on Friday. And they're down. Kennesaw State was leading that ball game 11-4. I'll say it again. They were leading 11-4, heading to the bottom of the eighth inning. Mikhail Hilliard did not pitch well in that ball game. They were able to run him out of the game early. So LSU's best pitcher, no longer an option. Yet, they found a way, trailing 11-4 in the bottom of the eighth. They come back and score 10 runs in the bottom of the eighth to pull out the 14-11 victory. Many of those scored with two outs, by the way. To pull out the 14-11 victory. An inexplicable comeback victory in the first round of the NCAA Regional. Then comes Saturday. And you're thinking, hey, they were able to somehow figure out a way to come back. They're not going to do it again, are they? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's exactly what they did against host Southern Miss on Saturday. They needed extra innings to make it happen, but they pull it out once again. It's a tied ball game heading into the third, right? It's 2-2. But Southern Miss adds a run in the fourth, adds a run in the fifth, adds a run in the seventh, adds a run in the eighth. At that point, it's a 6-2 advantage. Once again, heading to the, wait for it, Bottom of the eighth inning. 
LSU is down by multiple runs yet again, heading into the bottom of the eighth inning. This time down six to two. This time down to two outs in the ninth. Dylan Cruz, home run. K. Doty, home run. Comeback completed, forcing extra innings. And then they went in in the bottom of the 10th. Seven to six. And you're just like, is LSU not deciding to play until it's the eighth inning when they're down by multiple runs? I love the mental fortitude to be able to pull these off against the likes of Kinsaw State and Southern Miss. And they took full advantage of those two teams not being able to close the door on them. And Dylan Cruz and Kay Doty were monsters in those two games. But you go, what's going on? What is going on? And it felt that way watching NCAA regional baseball. Oklahoma State was down nine to nothing in a ball game and ended up winning like 25 to 14, something ridiculous. It was a football score. Like, what? 25 runs? What are we doing? Then came Sunday. LSU has the advantage. They haven't lost. Southern Miss has. Southern Miss needed extra innings to win the elimination game earlier on Sunday just to get to the Sunday night game. And they're the host. Then Southern Miss said, oh, no, no. We're forcing a winner-take-all now. Give credit to the Golden Eagles for coming back after choking away a game, losing a game in the bottom of the ninth and the tenth, the night before. They need extras to win the first game. They come back and then beat LSU in the nightcap. You know how difficult that is just to even get to that point? Forces game seven with an eight to four victory on Sunday night. LSU was the one that jumped out to the early lead in this one. 2-0. Then Southern Miss tied it 2-2. Then LSU said, we got this. We're going to go back up 4-2. And then Southern Miss said, not so fast. 4-4. And then they played three in the bottom of the six and then another one in the eighth to pull away for an 8-4 to victory. That sets up winner take all the game this afternoon. LSU's the last hope for the state of Louisiana to have a team advance to the Supers. Not to mention, if they win, they could possibly host the Supers because Miami's been knocked out in the Coral Gables Regional. I told you it was a crazy weekend. And Ole Miss. They can play Ole Miss. What? What's going on? This afternoon, 3 o'clock first pitch from Hattiesburg. Pre-game will begin at 2.30. You'll be able to listen to that game live right here on the game. Winner take all for the Hattiesburg Regional title and a berth into the Super Regionals will be on the line. Will LSU have anything left in the tank? Will they have anyone that will be able to throw for more than three innings? Lots of questions. Will Dylan Cruz and Kay Doty just rip the ball yet again out of the yard? We'll find out. You can listen to that game live right here on the game. Once again, pregame at 
LSU Southern Miss live from Hattiesburg. First pitch scheduled for three o'clock. We got to take a timeout. Whoo! That's a good way to start off the show. That's the way you start off a show on this beautiful sunrise Monday morning of RP3 and Company. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the Houston Astros and LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. We love talking about sports. Yeah. You love listening to sports. Yeah. Sounds like we were meant to be together, or at least friends with benefits. Aren't you glad you found us? Back to more of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. You love to entertain on game days in the fall, right? First of all, it's just going to be here in just a few short months. And if you want to entertain in style, if you want to become the envy of your neighborhood and have the outdoor living space or the man cave area that you want to kind of show off a little bit, then listen up. You got to go check out my friends at Lafayette Marble and Granite. They are the South's largest cultured marble factory, and they pride themselves on earning your business. Look, you already know they have show-stopping marble countertops for your kitchens and your bathrooms. You already know that. But they can also take that outdoor living space to another level and help your home become the envy of neighborhood, your envy of your neighborhood during game days. Visit their website, lmgelite.com, to learn more about all the sensational services and great products that they have to offer. Live inventory is, guess what, updated every single Wednesday. Visit their website, lmgelite.com, or simply stop by their showroom located on I-49 North across from Hub City Ford. Lafayette Marbone Granite, they're looking to earn your business, and trust me, earn it, they will. Poll question of the day is directly related to the NCAA regional weekend. Once again, three of the four teams were eliminated. Southeastern trucked in their first two games. La Tech comes up short on Sunday. Falling to Air Force, they were eliminated. Raging Cajuns had Texas A&M on the ropes on Saturday, let them off the hook, fell to TCU in an elimination game on Sunday. LSU, meanwhile, they win their first two games of the Hattiesburg Regional in dramatic come-from-behind fashion, trailing by multiple runs heading into the eighth inning to win them both against Kinsaw State and Southern Miss. But then Southern Miss turned around, won an elimination game in extra innings, and then beat the LSU Tigers last night to force a winner-take-all game, which you can listen to live right here on the game this afternoon. Once again, first pitch, 3 o'clock. Pre-game action begins at 2.30. Does LSU have any pitching left? Eh. Do you just throw Hilliard and piece together the rest and hope he's got enough left to be able to do the quick turnaround from Friday? Eh, maybe. We'll see. Are you just going to win 
the game by going old school gorilla ball. That's our poll question of the day. Who wins today's winner-take-all regional game? Is it LSU? Is it Southern Miss? We want to hear from you with our poll question of the day. Let's get to some comments. JPK, the OD, says, I can't take it anymore. I can't watch it. I'll be watching the Cornhole League Championships on the Ocho instead. It's been, yeah, it's been a bit been, been of a anxiety-filled weekend for LSU baseball fans. It's not. They've made it exciting. You have to give them credit there. They've made it exciting. Right now, 56% of you say LSU will win today's winner-take-all game. 44% of you say Southern Miss. I mean, I think it's an absolute coin flip game. You know LSU doesn't have any pitching. They have Hilliard and a bunch of other guys. Will they be able to even throw Mikhail today? I don't know. And they've proven that they can win close games. They've proven that they can come back and win in dramatic fashion. Can they pull out one more win? Can they do that? And Southern Miss, what do they have left in the tank? You lost at home as the top seed. You needed extras on Sunday just to get out of an elimination game. Then you were able to beat LSU, but what do you have left? What do you have left in the tank? These Monday games are always intriguing for that reason. They just are. Because you never do know what these teams have left because you're just throwing guys out there. You're talking for both for Southern Miss, they're going to be playing their fifth game in three days. Right? Fifth game in four days, rather. LSU will be playing their fourth game in four days. So who's going to be more tired? Who's going to have anything left? Especially knowing that you have an opportunity to punch your ticket to a Super Regional. In a Super Regional, that's going to be, in my opinion, extremely interesting. Because that has to be determined as well. Because... The regional that they're paired up with is kind of bananas as well. Because it won't be decided until today as well. You still have multiple games going on on Monday. Auburn UCLA by the way Auburn's up nine to nothing in that game that was suspended because of weather in the sixth inning woof but you have all these regional games still to go Arizona Ole Miss that's for the Coral Gables regional championship Miami gets stunned they get eliminated so Arizona versus Ole Miss And if LSU can win, they'll have the opportunity 
to play either one of those teams. Ole Miss sweeping them in Baton Rouge for the first time ever just a few week, weeks ago. An SEC West matchup in a super regional, one that LSU would likely host, or Arizona. Hey, why was there? Why would they be intrigued about Arizona? Oh, wait, Jay Johnson just coached them last year. Jacob Berry played for them just last year. Oh, those would be the intriguing storylines, wouldn't they? So, a ton of upsets. We have, as it stands right now, 10 games that will have to be played today to determine NCAA regionals. That's how crazy of a weekend it was. Typically, you don't even have to go to Monday to wrap up your regionals. Not this year. A ton of upsets along the way. 10 games have to be played from start to finish, and on top of it, they have to finish the Auburn game today. So if if LSU wins, that would set up an immensely intriguing Super Regional matchup with either Ole Miss or Arizona. Let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on Chad to the show. Chad, good morning to you, brother. Thank you for waiting. What's on your mind, bud? Good morning, man. Listen, man, I think it's a no-brainer that you go with Hilliard. Uh, this could be his last game of his career. I don't think the kid's going to get drafted. Uh, he only threw, what, 50-some pitches uh, the first the first outing. I say you go with him three or four innings, uh, and he's going he's gonna to want the ball. I, I think that's a, a no-brainer to go with him. Uh, I mean, who else? Who else would you go with? Well, that's the problem, <laughs> right? Right. That's right. That, that that's the that's exact a, problem. Right. I mean, you're not going to be able to pitch Hilliard a ton, right? Maybe you get three innings, maybe four, because you're right. He only pitched around. He only threw about fifty pitches. Got roughed out, roughed up. Now you're asking him to turn around and do so on on just a few days rest. Now remember, they did the same thing last year with Landon Marceau in the Eugene right, Regional, right. and that, that paid off, right? They were able to take advantage of that. They'll have to do the same today because I really don't see another option because you're going to have to have someone reliable, Chad, to go out there and at least get you four innings, right? you got to at least have somebody do that. Yeah, absolutely, man. This is a one-game season, man. All hands are on deck for this, man. You go with anybody. Uh, I don't care, one- or two-day rest. I mean, give, I, if, if somebody pitched uh, a couple of days ago, I mean, you throw, throw one inning. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be all hands on deck. I think you're going to have a high-scoring game tonight. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a close either way. Uh, I think it's going to be, um, you know, an eight, nine-run point game, uh, Southern Miss or LSU. I don't think it's going to be a close game, man. But, anyway, take it easy. Thank you very much, man. Enjoy your show. Have a great day, brother. Yeah, and you look at these matchups. All these regional championships are going to be decided today. Oklahoma, a team that no one wanted to face, they're in the regional championship against Florida. That was one of those teams where you go, oh, no. Michigan-Louisville. Michigan gets in because they won the Big Ten. They're in the championship round, taking on Louisville, the host. Already talked about Arizona Ole Miss. Miami gets knocked out as the top seed there, which would put in play the Super Regionals possibly being played at Alex Box Stadium this weekend if LSU can win. Coastal Carolina out of the Sun Belt. They'll have a chance to win that game against East Carolina. Southern Miss, LSU, and Hattiesburg. Vanderbilt. Old Vandy, you know, they got swept by LSU, and then they had an early exit from the SEC tournament. 
Yet here we stand on this Monday morning, and guess who's in the uh, made it to the championship round of the Corvallis Regional against number three seed Oregon State? That's Vanderbilt. They're there. North Carolina VCU tonight at six. Maryland, who got to host a regional for the first time ever, they're taking on the surprise team UConn. And their regional. Texas State, more Sunbelt love. They were sent out to Palo Alto to have to take on number two seed, national seed Stanford. They beat them. Now they're playing again. Championship on the line tonight. Bobcats. And then, of course, Arkansas, Oklahoma State. That could be the best game of the bunch today, tonight. That'll be a late game, 6 o'clock, as Oklahoma State had to come back Multiple times <laughs> over the weekend. An absolute bananas weekend for the NCAA regionals as so many of the higher seeds found themselves on the losing end and eliminated from competition. Kind of crazy, but that this is why you play the games. Miami losing that 2-1 game to Ole Miss. That is brutal. Brutal yesterday. If you're wondering, Tennessee, by the way, they're done. <laughs> they're, they're, they've moved on. They're just they're sitting back waiting, going, hello. We're over here. Texas is done as well. So we got to take a timeout. We're done with that segment. Ran long. That's okay, though. We'd get that phone call in from Chad. Got to take a timeout. When we return here on the RP3 and Company, NBA playoffs, finals, game two, we'll get to it. Astros wrapping up the road trip. We're going to touch on that as well. That's all coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for LSU Tigers in Houston Astros. RP3 grew up dreaming of one day playing right field for the Atlanta Braves. Just like his hero, Dale Murphy. I wanted to grow up and be Dale Murphy. Little Raymond, though, wasn't quite the caliber of athlete of his childhood hero as his lone highlights as a ball player were being beat twice in the head. That actually explains a lot. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, want to see the Astros in person? Then listen up. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. Houston's going to be taking on the Chicago White Sox. That's right, the Southsiders come to town on June 18th, and you can be there. Go register in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Ballpark, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. I didn't stutter. You're not having a fever dream. You heard that correctly. Once again, four tickets, tour of Minute Maid Ballpark, and hotel accommodations for that Saturday's game, June the 18th, Astros versus the White Sox. 
but you can only win it by becoming a member of our clubhouse today, right here, June the 6th. Take time out this morning. Pull yourself away from the beautiful sunrise and go register in the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com so you can win our latest Astros Weekend Getaway. Astro Weekend Getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Lay Meridian, Houston Downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Let's check in on the poll question of the day. Who wins today's winner-take-all regional game? Will it be LSU? Will it be Southern Miss? 55% of you early on say LSU is going to pull it out. 45% say Southern Miss. Steve says Tigers coach is a joke. Can't get his team ready to play from the first pitch. You can't fall behind in every game and win in a regional. Plenty of talent, but no leadership may be the problem. Hope it changes soon. Hashtag go Tigers. I was not expecting Salty Steve to be so salty on a Monday. So salty. He's been so sweet of late. Now he's like, I'm tired of that. I'm tired of that. Time to time to put on that old jacket. That fits like a glove. Saltiness coming at 645 on a Monday. <laughs> Sometimes people just get really excited on a Monday morning when it comes to things. They get salty or they smash their elbow on equipment during a segment. <laughs> Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Who's going to win today's winner-take-all game between LSU Southern Miss? Once again, you can listen to it live right here on the game. First pitch, 3 o'clock. Pre-game begins at 2.30. Speaking of baseball, speaking of those strows, Houston Astros continue rolling right along. 7-4 victory yesterday against Kansas City. They win that series. They go 6-3 on the road trip. And their lead in the American League West has now ballooned up to eight and a half games. The Los Angeles Anaheim Angels of California have lost 10 in a row. They've gone off the rails. They're below 500 now. The team with the two generational talents, the team with the two future Hall of Famers, with their great skipper. This was going to be the year for the Angels. And there they sit. Now below 500. Woof, if you're an Angels fan. Astros, Jordan Alvarez... Just continues to be an absolute monster. It's his 16th home run of the season and yesterday's win. And you look at it for the Strohs, they improved to 35-19 and 19 overall, continue pacing themselves in the American League West, continue pacing themselves as one of the best teams in the American League, period. They'll come home. They'll begin a three-game home series at Minute Maid Ballpark versus the Seattle Mariners. That will begin tonight, first pitch 7-10. You can listen to the game on our sister station, News Talk 98.5 FM, the talk of Acadiana. Framer Valdez, another good outing from him. Not great, but good. 
He goes a solid six innings, gives up two runs, scatters four hits, and strikes out five. Now, the bullpen was not what you wanted it to be, as Naris and Presley both give up earned runs. But Houston gets the job done. They win 7-4. to four. But that wasn't the story of the game. Not Alvarez belting that home run. Not the Strohs going 6-3 and three on their road trip. Not how they continue to increase their lead in the American League West. No, it was the buffoon umpire making himself part of the game. I, I don't understand what we're doing here. I, I really don't. It's in the ninth inning. Presley's on the bump. He gets ejected from this game for throwing inside on a batter with a 3-1 lead in the ninth inning. And the umpire ejection, the gay conference, and then eject him. What are we doing, baseball? Like, why is this being allowed to happen? Why is this even happening? You realize how ridiculous this is? That a reliever, he wasn't even getting revenge. He just threw inside to the guy. When the ump pulled out, came out from behind the plate, you even saw the reaction of the Kansas City hitter go, what are you doing? It's not that big of a deal. I... The people that make the argument that umpires are making themselves part of the game unnecessarily, it's hard to argue against them when you see buffoonery like this. I'm not even an Astros fan. I'm not a Kansas City Royals fan. I've seen games at both of their ballparks. Had a tremendous time in both Kansas City and Houston. But what are we doing here? What are you doing? Why are you obsessed with making yourself part of the game? This game was over, man. Over. And you're out there talking about you're you're throwing guys out. You're ejecting players in this fashion because are are pitchers not going to ever be allowed to throw inside now? Is this what we're doing? Is this what we're doing now? Because it's ridiculous. I stand corrected, by the way. The Angels have now lost 11 in a row after losing yesterday. I mean, what are we doing here? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Are they not being taught? Are they being taught that this is okay to insert yourself into ball games now? To make it about you? Because if that's the case, we got an issue here. We got a big issue. Presley gets thrown out for a pitch that didn't even hit the batter. Nor did it go by his head. Nor did it brush him off the plate. So it didn't hit the batter. It didn't buzz his head. And it didn't brush him off the plate. Yet he, we're throwing pitchers out for this now. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. Officiating. is crazy, is gone absolutely bananas. It's got to stop. Strohs, though, do pull out the win, 7-4. to four. They improve once again to 35-19. and 19. They lead the American League West by eight and a half games. 
And they'll welcome in the Seattle Mariners, who took two or three from them last weekend, in for a home series there at Minute Maid Ballpark. First pitch tonight, 7-10. You can listen to it on our sister station, News Talk 98.5 FM. we got to take a timeout. When we return, NBA Finals, Game 2. We'll discuss it. That'll be next, right here. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for Houston Astros and LSU Tigers. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Golden State Warriors even up the NBA Finals last night with a 107-88 victory. First quarter was close. Second quarter, close. Second half, not so much. Golden State came out there and punched the Celtics in the mouth there in the third quarter, outscoring them 35-14 to to seize control of the game and to even up this series. 28 points from Jason Tatum. That's really good if you're Boston. But when you have three of your other starters score two points apiece, that's right, NBA Finals game, and you got three of your starters combining for six points, two points apiece, that's not going to get the job done. Jalen Brown had 17 And when they took Jalen Brown out of the game, Golden State went on a run there in the third, and you just went, yep. I I mentioned how important Jalen Brown was going to be in this series and that he may be the X factor for the Celtics. They gave him some rest, and the Dubs took advantage. Golden State, meanwhile, four starters scored in double figures, led by Steph Curry for 29 points in the ballgame. Game three of the NBA Finals. When will it be? Two weeks from Saturday? Nope, it'll be... Wednesday (laughs) in Boston. Series knotted up one game apiece. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming up. You're listening to RP3 and Company here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for Houston Astros and LSU Tigers. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. 7.03 on this tremendous Monday morning. Welcome back to RP3 and company. Appreciate you listening to us this morning whether that's on your morning commute in your ride or maybe you're catching us on the free game mobile app for Android or Apple devices, maybe Alexa, Google Home, it does not matter. We appreciate you checking us out, making us part of your morning. I'm your host, Raymond Parch third, better known as RP3. Of course, I'm joined here in the studio by the producer extraordinaire, and a woman who does not make facial expressions randomly for no good reason. Hannah, five names. Also, the inter Daryl is in the house. Woohoo! 
he's ready to go. I saw him. I saw him in the hallway. Had a cup of coffee. He was talking shop with Steve Wiley. And no telling what type of shenanigans those two are up to. Maybe we'll find out later. You never do know here on RP3 and Company. We got Jeff Palermo coming up at 7.30 this morning. Our friend from Tiger Rag Radio and the Louisiana Radio Network. He'll recap the weekend it was for the LSU baseball team. And that's where we'll start. Tigers are the last team standing of the four Louisiana teams that punched their tickets to NCAA regionals. Southeastern Louisiana had two games that ended in football scores. They were quickly eliminated. Sorry, Lions. Great season. Thanks. Come again. Louisiana Tech falls short in the Austin Regional as well, getting eliminated by Air Force on Sunday. The Raging Cajuns, they beat TCU in a great back-and-forth affair. Had Texas A&M on the ropes on Saturday night, let them off the hook. That's going to be one that's going to hurt. And then we're eliminated by TCU on Sunday. And that leaves LSU. Come from behind victories back-to-back nights in the Hattiesburg Regional as the two-seed. They come back and score 10 runs in the eighth inning against Kinsall State to win that ball game. And then they turn around and win the next game on Saturday night after being down 6-2 to two in the eighth inning as well. LSU found, finds a way. Dylan Cruz, K. Doty comes up big with home runs on Saturday night to take down the host Southern Miss. LSU's then in the driver's seat. That forces Southern Miss, the host team, to have to go to the elimination round route. And they need extra innings to do that. They needed extras on Sunday to even get to playing LSU a second time. But then they turn around and beat LSU. So now it's winner-take-all time over in Hattiesburg. We have 10 of those today, by the way. Lots of winner-go-home games. Crazy weekend of NCAA regional baseball. Who will win today? Will the Tigers have enough left in the tank? What do you do? What do you do? How can you get there? Who's got enough left? Southern Miss has had to play an extra game because they had to go through the loser's bracket portion of the regional. LSU, great, they got here. Who's going to pitch? What are their options? Do you throw Hilliard out there? He pitched on Friday. He didn't pitch well, but he pitched on Friday. So he's having to turn around on not even three days rest. Do you have a choice? They did the same thing last year with Landon Marceau, if you remember, in the Eugene Regional, and it worked. They won it. Can they get at least maybe three to four innings out of Hilliard today and then just kind of piece it together and just hope hope that they can outslug Southern Miss? Because that's what they've done. That's been their approach here in this regional is – and we don't have enough pitching. Let's just outslug the other team. And it's worked. Because here they are playing in the championship round of the Hattiesburg Regional today on this Monday. But what do they have left? What do they have left? It's going to be fascinating to see what happens. 
It's going to be fascinating to see if they're going to be able to pull out the win. And look, they've proven that they can win when they're down big, and they've proven they can win late. They did so against Kinsall State. They did so against Southern Miss. And maybe the pitching problems don't catch up to the Tigers today. Maybe they're able to pull out a win against the Golden Eagles and host a uh, host a super regional. Because Miami's been eliminated, the regional that the Hattiesburg regional is paired up with, which means LSU could host Ole Miss or Arizona. Think about that for a second. They could host Ole Miss came into Baton Rouge and swept LSU for the first time ever in program history just a few weekends ago. Arizona is the team and the program that Jay Johnson, the new LSU head coach, left. It's also the same team Jacob Berry played for. Want to talk about storylines. But we can't even get to that point to thinking about super regional storylines before LSU plays against Southern Miss because you got to get the win today before thinking about what can happen in the Supers. That leads us to our poll question of the day. Who wins today's winner-take-all regional game? Winner wins the regional, punches their ticket to the Supers, gets one step closer to Omaha. LSU trying to win their seventh national championship in baseball, but they got to take care of business today. Who's going to win it today? 54% of you say LSU is going to win today's game. 46% of you say Southern Miss. John Paul, Cajun Daddy, says, I do believe that LSU will move on from here, and I'm still confident that Stanford will not make it out of their own regional. More teams from the Sun Belt will make it to the Super Regionals than will teams from the SLAC 12. It sure does appear that way. Coastal's playing ECU for that regional championship in Greenville. Texas State's playing Stanford for that regional championship. And Stanford's your number two national seed. Watch out now. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Keep your comments coming and leaving them on Facebook or the Twitter. It does not matter. You can leave them on either social media platform switch whatever's comfortable for you we're not judging we're not judging you want to leave them on facebook leave them on facebook want to leave them on the twitter leave them on the twitter does not matter jude miller always with the efficient comment is there a a more efficient commenter than Jude for RP3 and company poll questions? The answer you're looking for is no, there is not. If there was a championship belt for most efficient commenter, Jude Miller would have that belt wearing it proudly. Jude says LSU. See, Jude is like in and out. I've got time for the mess. I don't got time to try to be cute. I don't even have time for any gifts or memes I'm coming in. I'm giving you my insight. Straightforward analysis. I love it. We love all the comments, both short and long, both humorous and non-humorous. Does not matter. 
Comments from folks in Lafayette Parish to St. Landry Parish to Evangeline Parish and everywhere between. Doesn't matter. We love them. Keep them coming on the poll question of the day. Leave them on Facebook and Twitter. Bizarre weekend for NCAA regionals. Oklahoma State was in a couple of games where you go, what you doing? That Arkansas-Okie State game tonight should be awesome. Awesome. Going to have a lot of supers wrapped up today. Once again, LSU game. You can listen to it. LSU, Southern Miss. First pitch set for 3 o'clock from Hattiesburg. Pre-game set for 2.30. Of course, you can listen to the game live right here on the game. But NCAA baseball is not the only thing going on. Houston Astros got themselves a win yesterday. Jordan Alvarez keeps treating starting pitching in the Major League Baseball as it is batting practice with his 19th home run of the year. Framer Valdez was efficient, and they get the win over the Kansas City Rolls. They go 6-3 and three on the nine-game road trip. And because the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim slash California Credit Union, because they have a stupid name. First of all, if you've been to their where their stadium's at, I'm just going to go and I've been there many years ago. They're in Anaheim, which, by the way, is not Los Angeles. It's not Los Angeles. It's like saying Lafayette is part of Baton Rouge. But they're doing it for television money. That's why they deserve my mockery, and I continue to give it to them. In addition to the fact that they keep wasting, quote-unquote, generational talent. They've lost 11 straight now. 11 straight they're below 500 it seemed like it was just yesterday that major news outlets were writing think pieces about this is the angels year they've turned it around here they come everyone give love to otani and trowel yay you're below 500 and it's june the 6th that gets a good old-fashioned woof Angels keep floundering. Strohs take advantage of the up now. Their lead is eight and a half games in the division. I said it last week. I'll say it again. Yankees, Strohs. Those are your two best teams in the American League. And it's not even really close right now. It's not to say that other teams can't make a run here and be competitive. Maybe it's the Seattle Mariners. We'll see. Let's, 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 let's just see what happens with Seattle when they get to 500. But we'll see. Mariners do come to town, taking on the Strohs tonight. Three-game set there at Minute Maid Ballpark. You can listen to that game on our sister station, News Talk 98.5 FM. First pitch, 7-10 from the Big Juice Box. Strohs are winner. But that's not even the story from that game, right? It's about the umps. What are we doing? Two outs in the ninth inning. I'll I'll, I'll set the scene for you in case you haven't seen the video. Ryan Presley on the bump. Strohs comfortably leading this ballgame. 
two outs in the ninth inning. He throws a pitch that's on the inside. Did he get close to hitting the batter? Yes. But let's review. Once again, two outs in the ninth inning. Astros leading comfortably. Presley into the game. Throws inside. Does the pitch hit the batter? No. Does the pitch come close to the batter's head? No. Does the pitch force the batter to be brushed off the plate? No. Yet, Ryan Presley gets ejected. What are we doing here? I'm not conspiracy theory guy. Never have been, never will be. And when it comes to officiating, whether that's in the NFL or in college or Major League Baseball, I don't think there's nefarious things going on behind the scenes. I just believe that there's incompetence and that people aren't properly trained. That's what I believe. I think it's an incompetence issue, not someone trying to mess with the integrity of the game by taking advantage of a situation. I just think it's just people doing their job poorly. But it's really hard to argue with conspiracy guy, Mr. Black Helicopters, when you see what you saw yesterday in the Astros Royals game. It's hard to believe that umpires aren't trying to make themselves part of the game to be the focus. What other reason do you have there? It wasn't in retaliation. When Alvarez was hit, it wasn't because he was intentionally plunked. It was just a bad pitch. Are we now going to throw pitchers out of games because of bad pitches? Is this what we're doing? Hey, bud. That ball came off your hand the wrong way. You're out. Thank you. Have a great day. Go to the showers. Is this what we're doing? This is what prevents baseball from being great. I love it. You know I do. Big baseball guy. I love baseball. I watch it. I listen to it. I go to games. I love it. But dang, they make it hard. They just make it hard. And to allow umps to come in and do this kind of stuff, where not only they stop the game, (laughs) it's two outs in the ninth, and they stop the game. The ump comes from behind the plate, has a conference with the other members of his crew, decides that Presley was intentionally trying to hit somebody. That gets Presley thrown. Players come out. It's a whole thing. (laughs) There's two outs. There's two outs in the ninth inning. Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? And there's no accountability. There's no holding them to any standards. Like, when you're not a fan of either one of those teams, and I'm not. I thought George Brett was a great player when I was a kid made me always pay attention to Kansas City. And they do have a nice family-friendly ballpark. And I'm I, and I've been to the Astros. I've seen the Astros games multiple times. Always have a great time in Houston. So I'm not a fan of either one of these teams and even I go, what are we doing here? This is not a good look for baseball. This is bad for baseball. And yet, will anything be done of it? Will anything come of 
the bad officiating, the incompetence that we're seeing? The answer you're looking for is no. No, 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 no. How about a big old glass of no? So here we are talking about bad officiating yet again. A story as old as time. We got to take a timeout. When we return here in RP3 and company, we'll switch back to college baseball. We'll hear from Matt Deggs and company. Great season. They come up short. They're disappointed. Make no bones about it. But where this program was to finally get back to an NCAA regional for the first time since 2016, and they also win a game at the regional, that's something to hold your head high about. We'll hear from the Cajuns. That'll be coming up next right here. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for Houston Astros and LSU Tigers. Do you think RP3 is the only nickname Ray has? Think again. There was Little Vainant. There was Little Foot, Little Bubba. There was LD, which stood for Little Dufo. There was Ray Dog. There was Ray Diggity Dog. There was Fish. There was Fish Face. There was RP3. There was even Ramundo from El Segundo. Back to the host with more nicknames than he knows what to do with. RP3, right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Uh, today is going to be the day that you're going to sign up for the Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com because here's why. First of all, it's easy. Second of all, it's free. <laughs> Both. Third, once you become a member, by the way, you earn 500 points by just signing up. 500 points by just signing up. Once you become a member, you'll have the opportunity to enter to win great stuff, free stuff, like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse down at Cypress Bayou. That's right. $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's mouth-watering steaks made just the way you want them. You want it medium rare? They'll make it that way. They want it, you want it medium well, they'll make it that way. You want it burnt? They'll look at you funny. No, I'm just joking. But they'll make it that way. The steaks, you the way you want them, great sides, adult beverages, a cigar room, the whole nine yards. You can have a tremendous time at Mr. Lester Steakhouse. We want to hook you up with that $150 gift certificate to, to Mr. Lester's. But we can only do that if you become a member of our clubhouse today. Go sign up at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's easy. It's simple. It's free. So go sign up today so you can score that $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse. Raging Cajun season comes to an end. But it was an up-and-down season for the program. Third year under Matt Deggs. Technically third year, but really the first year was wiped out due to COVID. But third year, and they're able to not only make a run in the conference tournament, they win the whole thing punching their ticket to an NCAA regional for the first time since 2016. This is the breakthrough season, the foundation season. It finally felt like this year, this team was Matt Deggs' team. 
and not him coaching Tony Robichaud's team. It actually felt like this is Matt Diggs's team. It comes to a disappointing end there at the College Station Regional. They win a game, though. They beat TCU on Friday, lose against A&M on Saturday, and then were eliminated by TCU on Sunday. But still, all in all, what a weekend and what a season for the Raging Cajuns. And Julian Brock, the absolute star behind the plate, the Raging Cajun catcher, you know, discussed just how special this 2022 season was. For me, it was just a blessing, honestly. I mean, these guys, the, com- the camaraderie that we have as a, as a ball club, it's very special. I can't thank these coaches enough for giving me the chance after chance. And them going full hand on me, it's tr- truly a blessing. Truly a blessing. And Brock would further go on to talk about, you know, this team in particular, his teammates, his brothers that went out there and push through the tough season, an up-and-down season, through some injuries, and were able to win the conference tournament and make it to a regional. That we brought back the grip to this program. The history that's gone throughout this program, it's very special. You can look back on YouTube on anything. They, just, you could see all, all the videos you want, but I, I believe this team's brought that back. Just a hard-nosed baseball. And once again, they're aggressive on the base paths, right? They play tough. They still need some more pitching, but this feels like those teams of Degs at Sam Houston State. It felt like when you watch them play in person this year, you're like, this is Matt Degs' team now. And they turned a corner. They win the conference tournament, make it to an NCAA regional, even win a regional game. And that postseason stretch, remember – They had to go from double elimination to single elimination at the Sun Belt Tournament in Montgomery. They had to play their arch rival, a team that always plays them close. Lots of bad blood between them and South Alabama. They beat them. Then they have to take on Texas State, the one seed, a team that swept them easily in San Marcos. And then they beat Georgia Southern, the team with the highest uh, ranked RPI of all the Sun Belt teams. They actually hosted a regional this year. Had to beat them. And then they win their opening game of their NCAA regional. Great postseason run by this team. And Matt Deggs, who just wrapped up his third year at the helm of the program, talked about this that great postseason stretch. The run that we've been on, when you look at our arch rival, South Alabama, and then a Texas State team, I don't know what they've done today, but they're an Omaha-type team. And then Georgia Southern, pound for pound, the highest RPI in our league. And then to get TCU, and then to have a lead in the seventh last night against A&M. A lot of that is want to, and a lot of that is is tough, hard-nosed baseball. But a lot of that, too, there's some breaks involved. And today we just ran out of magic. You know... What could have been if they would have been able to hold on Saturday night and beat Texas A&M? There's no telling what could have happened, right? They can let that game get away from them a little bit. But, you know, they lost the game. But for Deggs, he was so proud by the fact that his team, from the start of the season until now, they never quit. The amount of energy that we have expended, Seth, to get to this point is staggering. And uh, they never waver, never quit, nothing. And like I said, uh, we were running low already, man. And and I feel like 
we, we gave it everything we had and just got beat today. And sometimes that's what happens. But we're going to lose seven incredible seniors. We should return a ton of guys. And uh, this team's going to be a handful in a year. Going to be a handful in the year. Yeah, they got they got to replace some guys, seven seniors, but they should be able to bounce back in a big way. And, you know, and one more thing here from the Raging Cajuns, and Matt Deggs, you know, he made sure to address the diehard fans of the Vermilion White, the ones that cheer him on, fill up the Teague, are passionate about this team and are so happy that the program is starting to swing back in the other direction. He addressed Cajun Nation as well. I came back for the Robichaux family and for Cajun Nation and for the 2014 team, and I believe that we gave all everybody something to be proud of this year. And these kids came along when I needed them most. And I'll, I'll always say, I'll say it again, they, <laughs> I need them way more than they need me. And that's a fact. But what makes my heart full, and I'm fine carrying on, and uh, I'm fine losing these guys right now. It's going to hurt for a couple, two or three weeks. But we have a job to do, and I feel like these kids took this program and put it back to where it's something that everybody can be proud of right now, look forward to, embrace, and really something for a community to rally around. And there's no better place than Cajun Nation. You could hear the emotion in his voice, right? Yeah. And look, it was an emotional weekend because A&M is where he was an assistant, where he was fired. His personal demons had gotten the best of, better, the best of them, right? And his career, but more importantly, his life, he'll tell you, was saved by Tony Robichaux, the late great one who's going into the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame this summer in a few weeks. And that led him on to this path, and now he, here he is, leading the program to its first regional appearance since 2016. You can tell it means a lot to him. we got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, first guest of the day will join us, Jeff Palermo, co-host of Tiger Rag Radio, and our good friend from the Louisiana Radio Network. We'll talk all things LSU. That's coming up next right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the Houston Astros and LSU Tigers. There are two types of sports reporters. Those who are respected for their ability at building relationships with coaches and players. And here's our game plan. Then there are those whose method of reporting is getting hammered with a college football team and Pat O's. We're going streaking! We'll let you guess which one RP3 is. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. LSU winner-take-all game this afternoon versus Southern Miss from the Hattiesburg Regional. First pitch scheduled for 3 o'clock. Pre-game begins at 2.30 to talk all about those Tigers and the crazy, absolutely bananas weekend that they had. Is the man who's co-host of Tiger Rag Radio, also the sports and news director for the Louisiana Radio Network. It's our good friend, Mr. Jeff Palermo, joins us. Jeff, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend? Oh, doing well. How about yourself, Raymond? 
I'm doing great. I'm still trying to figure out what in the heck I witnessed over the weekend from LSU. So I'm hoping you can help us with that. Let's start. Let's start with Friday's game against Kinsall State, um, where they scored 10 runs in the eighth inning after looking like this game was over. Their game was very much a reflection of NCAA regional play all weekend long across the country where no lead was safe. What do you take away from what happened on Friday when Hillier doesn't pitch well, but yet the Tigers find a way to come back and win? Well, I think LSU took advantage of uh, Kennesaw State just kind of self-imploding, especially on the mound. I mean, that was – I mean, not only was LSU – you know, hitting the ball very well, obviously in that ten run eighth inning. But there were, you know, there were walks in that inning. I think there were four walks in that inning, if I if I recall correctly. And so LSU just kind of took advantage of that, and um, you know, give them give them all the credit in the world for for doing so. Um, and we we've seen this LSU team have the ability to come back all season. I mean, heck, you can go all the way back to. Bethune Cookman, they they were trailing six to two in a, in that game back in February. I think it was February, might have been March, whatever it may have been, uh, early on in the season. And, and you know, they they come back and they they rallied back from that. They rallied back from a, a big deficit against Vanderbilt, but it was, I think, just one of the more improbable comebacks, um, just because it just seemed like all hope was lost. You know, you know, you're down eleven to four. You really haven't done too much offensively, but it just shows you just how explosive this offense can be. And when they take advantage of a pitcher who doesn't have his best stuff, look out because they, they don't have a chance. And, um, you know, Myers was pitching well up until that point, And then it just, it, it just all fell apart. And nobody that Kennesaw state brought in there, their head coach, Ryan Coe, no one he brought in there can get anybody out. So, uh, quite a remarkable uh, come-from-behind victory, certainly on Friday night, to beat Kennesaw State. We go to Saturday. They take on host Southern Miss. Once again, Golden Eagles in control late in this ball game, hold a comfortable lead, and then Dylan Cruz and Kay Doty start hitting home runs with two outs, and they come back and win that one in extras. Once again, pitching not great for LSU, but yet the bats – carry them to another victory on Saturday night. Yeah, certainly did. And it's, you know, you hear the old term with baseball, hitting is contagious. And that's what it kind of seems like based on what you saw in the eighth inning on Friday night and then the ninth inning on Saturday is that, you know, once one guy kind of lights a little bit of a spark, all of a sudden that spark <laughs> could get interrupted into an inferno, right? I mean, Dylan Cruz hits the home run. Uh, you're just saying, okay, well, that's just, you know, that just makes it six to three. Southern Miss is still in control here. And then before you know it, uh, Pearson gets on base and Doty delivers a two run homer. And then, you know, Southern Miss just kind of, uh, again, um, they, they, they fail to, to, to get the, the final out. And it, it's an LSU team that has shown that they, you know, they, they feel they can rally back from anything. And once you give them a reason to believe to win, uh, they take they take advantage of it, and they were able to do that again on Saturday night. Sunday comes around. Southern Miss is behind the eight ball. They need extra innings just to win their first game, their elimination game. 
to even get to play LSU a second time. Yet, Southern Miss finds a way to win that game and then wins the next game, the rematch with LSU. What was the big difference for you, Jeff, for from what you saw from the Golden Eagles on Sunday? Well, Justin Storm was fantastic. I mean, he that was a <laughs> I mean, that was certainly an outing that I don't even think Southern Miss anticipated uh, for him to have that kind of an appearance in the game. I mean, the last time he pitched was against UTSA on May 28th, and he gave up two runs and two-thirds of an inning. Um, he, he came into that game with a, an ERA above four. Uh, the most amount of pitches that he had thrown all season long in, a, in an outing was 22 against South Alabama back on May 3rd. And what does he do for you last night? He gives you five shutout innings. He strikes out seven, allows only two hits, and Southern Miss goes on to win eight to four. And he just never gave LSU an opportunity to, you know, once Southern Miss broke through for those three runs in the sixth inning, he just never gave LSU the, the feeling that they could, they, can, they could win that game. Now, the Tigers did get a couple runners on base in the ninth inning, and you're sitting there saying, well, maybe – Maybe here we go again. But uh, he was able to, to get a ground out to end the game, and, and that was it. But, I mean, that was an impressive performance by Justin Storm, who, you know, when you look at him, I mean, the guy's six foot seven. He's 230 pounds. He throws from the left side. You would think he'd be a, a, a pretty darn good pitcher. Uh, he has not really established himself there at Southern Miss, but, man, did he – he made his presence known, and LSU just did not have an answer for him. And that's why they always say, you know, good pitching shuts down good hitting. And if you got a pitcher that's that's on his game, uh, he can certainly cool off uh, the hottest bats that are out there. And that's exactly what Justin Storm was able to do. We're talking with Jeff Palermo, sports and news director for the Louisiana Radio Network. He's also co-host of Tiger Rag Radio. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. All right, bud, we get a winner-take-all game today. 2.30 pregame, 3 o'clock first pitch. How much does Southern Miss have left in the tank, and does LSU have enough pitchers to be able to put together another winning performance? What is your thoughts heading into this winner-take-all game this afternoon? Well, I think LSU could possibly, if they wanted to, they can go back to Mikhail Hilliard. He only threw 55 pitches on Friday. I think someone like Devin Fontenot is available today. He pitched very well on Friday. Uh, Trent Vittmeyer has been really good out of the bullpen. I think that's another guy that they could potentially rely on. And they just see if they can't get to, you know, get the ball to um, Paul Gervais with a lead. Now, will Southern Miss potentially throw its ace in this game, Tanner Hall? Uh, and I think that's a question. I mean, he threw 109 pitches with eight innings in the two to nothing win against Southern Miss on, or against the army on Friday night. Um, you know, Southern Miss has had the, the, one of the top pitching staffs in the country. So they probably feel like they're a little bit better off um, when it comes to, to pitching. Meanwhile, you know, it seems like every guy that LSU throws out there, he gets dinged up a little bit. Uh, you know, Devin Fontenot uh, did very well on Friday night, but uh, a lot of guys that uh, Jay Johnson has gone to it just have really have not been able to get the job done for him. So um, you look at LSU at this point. I mean, they're not 
in, in these three games right now, they, they have given up, what, uh, 17, uh, 25 runs in three games. So it would be hard to imagine that LSU is going to, you know, hold Southern Miss to six runs or so in this game. So uh, it's going to come down to LSU, and they're going to have to pitch very well. Uh, I would imagine Southern Miss now certainly has the confidence uh, after coming up coming up with two big victories yesterday that they can they can win it here, and and they probably look at it and say, you know what, we just against LSU we just had one really bad inning, and we've we've uh, either matched them or outplayed them for the other 18 innings in this series, or I guess 19 when you could consider they played in uh, 10 innings on on Saturday night. So I would think Southern Miss has to feel really good about itself. And, um, you know, we've said it kind of all season long. We, we always knew the hitting would be there for LSU. Can they pitch well enough and can they make the plays out in the field? And um, I, I know in last night's game, you know, they didn't, they didn't commit any errors, but man, there, there just seemed to be some, excuse me, they, they did commit one error, but it just seemed like there were some plays that could have been made, especially in left field. That was a pretty rough game. I thought for uh, Josh Stevenson out there in left field, a couple balls that I thought he can get to that he didn't get to. Um, so LSU, uh, it, it's going to come down to me to pitching and, and what they do defensively because they're going to, they'll score their runs. I, I don't think Southern Miss has got another guy that can go out there and, and shut them out for five innings. Um, so I think LSU can score its runs. Uh, can LSU now get a performance like Southern Miss did last night for like Justin Storm? Can LSU have that kind of a performance where a guy goes three, four innings of shutout baseball and uh, LSU's bat score enough runs for them to get the win and advance to the Super Regionals. Jeff, who do you got? Man, it's tough to say. Um, I, I, I'm going to go with LSU. I just think I, I think they feel like they can I, – I think LSU just offensively. I just think they can score more runs. They can outslug Southern Miss. Um, I don't foresee LSU getting shut down for five innings again like this again. But uh, it, it's really uh, – I think it's going to come down, too, to LSU doing enough pitching-wise to just just to stop uh, Southern Miss. I mean, Southern Miss is not a big offensive team, and they have really haven't had much of a problem scoring runs off of LSU, 14 runs in two games. Jeff, quickly, before I let you go – if LSU wins and Ole Miss beats Arizona in the Coral Gables regional final, they would host Ole Miss in the Supers, right? But if Arizona wins it, they would have to go to Arizona. Is that how that's going to work for the Supers? I'm I'm not sure if what happens if Arizona wins. I believe it goes by highest RPI. So uh, okay. at that point, I believe that's what they do at the, at, at that point. So I don't have. Um, an answer for you on that one, Raymond. It's not a problem, bud. Put you on the spot. You rose to the occasion like always, my friend. I know you're going to have a busy week, brother. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy your week. Enjoy the extra baseball that we'll have this afternoon, and we'll talk to you next Monday, bud. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Raymond. We got to take a timeout. Update that poll question of the day. It's about LSU Southern Miss. Who do you got winning today? Jeff Palermo says he likes LSU because of their bats to be able to pull out the win and win the regional. Go vote on that on Twitter and Facebook.
You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for Houston Astros and LSU Tigers. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. Poll question of the day here on RP3 and Company on this tremendous Monday, June the 6th, is who wins today's winner-take-all regional game? Once again, Southern Miss needs extra innings to win an elimination game early on Sunday. They come back, they beat LSU in the nightcap, forces the winner-take-all game there at the Hattiesburg Regional. Pre-game will begin at 2.30. First pitch will begin at 3 o'clock. You can listen to all the action from Hattiesburg right here on the game. You're home for LSU Athletics. But that leads us to our poll question of the day. Who wins today's winner-take-all regional game? And it is close. 51% of you say LSU. 49% of you say Southern Miss. Dougie Fresh, our boy Doug, says, LSU wins tonight as long as the alarm clock goes off in the eighth inning. Hashtag Gorilla Ball. Yeah, that's how they're playing. I mean, that's how they're playing. They don't have the pitching. Now, you heard Jeff Palermo say they can piece it together a little bit here, have Hilliard throw about three innings. You can have Devin Fondo come in and throw. You you can have Vittmeyer come in and throw. So you can maybe piece this together, but you're going to win this because of your bats. That's how they've won all these games in the regional because they figured out a way to outslug the competition late in ball games. It's old-fashioned mid-90s gorilla ball. So Doug's not wrong there. Not wrong at all. That's what it's going to take, unfortunately, for LSU because they just don't have the pitching that they need. Now, that being said, they could get a tremendous performance today because Southern Miss had to play an extra game, right? They could possibly be a little little tired from having to play four games in three days. They could. They could take advantage of that in a big way. LSU could. Another efficient comment on Facebook, courtesy of Rick Martinez. He says LSU. I'm here for the all the efficient comments. Keep those comments coming on Facebook and Twitter. Keep voting on our poll question of the day. Who do you got? Who's winning the Hattiesburg Regional Championship game this afternoon? That's our poll question of the day. Hour number two in the books. Hour number three, Bob Nightingale is going to be joining us talking baseball. Adam Spencer will be joining us talking SEC and college baseball. That's all coming up next hour. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. LSU still has a chance 
to not only win a regional, but host a super regional. Still on the line, they got to take on Southern Miss this afternoon in Hattiesburg. Winner take all regional championship game. Welcome back to RP3 and Company. I'm your big, bald, and beautiful one, the host with the most. Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Of course, I'm joined inside the studio by the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah Five Names, and the intern extraordinaire, Daryl. We got Daryl doing multiple things this morning. Putting him to we're putting him to work. It's what we do around here. Final hour of the show has arrived. Not to worry. We've had a good one. Borderline great show. We're gonna finish off strong, though. If you haven't tuned in. This morning, I'm not going to say shame on you. I'm going to say welcome. You're here with us now. Thank you for being here. And we got a great final hour of today's show lined up for you. Adam Spencer, our friend from Saturday Down South, will be joining us half an hour from right now to recap all the SEC baseball action this weekend and still what's to come. What's still up? Plenty of regional finals on tap get his thoughts on the big surprises of the weekend and how it seemed no lead was safe this weekend in college baseball coming up in 15 minutes from right now or a little less than 15 minutes from right now bob nightingale major league baseball reporter columnist for usa today network will be joining us what's going on with the angels are the yankees and the strohs the best teams in major league baseball and what about those Braves? They're above 500 now. Can they start turning a corner? We'll ask all of our Major League Baseball burning questions to Bob Nightingale coming up in about 15 minutes from right now. But LSU, they're the ones left standing. Of the four teams from the state of Louisiana that earned berths into the NCAA Regional, they're the only ones left. Southeastern Louisiana, they went on a run, won the conference tournament, got to the Auburn Regional, and got trucked. Final scores were more like football scores. But they got to a regional. They were the four seed. No one expected them to do all that much anyway. Louisiana Tech, who I liked to possibly pull off an upset there in Austin, did not do so. They went toe-to-toe with Texas for a little while on Saturday night. Longhorns pulled it out. And they end up winning the Austin Regional. Louisiana Tech gets eliminated on Sunday after a loss to Air Force. Matt Deggs' squad, the Raging Cajuns, what a great season for them. Breakthrough season for the Cajuns. We heard from both Deggs and others earlier on today's show afterwards as they were eliminated yesterday. But for them, it's different. For them... Making it to a regional is a significant accomplishment. This was an up-and-down season, but you finally got to see this team be Matt Deggs' team. It was no longer Matt Deggs coaching Tony Robichaud's team. It became this season Matt Deggs' team. And they rallied, and they made a run there in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. It goes from double elimination to single. They have to take on arch rival South Alabama. They beat them. Then they eliminate the number one seed, Texas State. Then they take down Georgia Southern. They win their first conference tournament since 
2016. And they go to an NCAA regional for the first time since that same year. And they even get to a regional there in College Station, and they still win a game. They win a back-and-forth affair, a great game against uh, against TCU, Texas Christian University, on Friday. They have Texas A&M on the ropes on Saturday night, unable to pull out the win, unable to seal the deal, if you will, And then they get eliminated by TCU the following day. But still, a great season for Matt Deggs' team. Feels like a breakthrough season. They lose seven seniors. But they got a lot of guys coming back. And another really good recruiting class will be in tow as well. So it feels like, hey, not only was this now finally Matt Deggs' team in year number three, they win a conference tournament championship. They win a regional game. They get to a regional and win a game. Feels like this could be a turning point for the Raging Cajuns baseball program. LSU, meanwhile, is the last one standing. They have to come back not once but twice over the weekend, Friday night against Kinsaw State, where they end up scoring 10 runs in the eighth inning to win that ball game when they looked like they were dead in the water. The next day, they have to do it again, down 6-2 to Southern Miss. They hit home runs, Dylan Cruz, K. Doty in particular score a bunch of runs with two outs, then win the game in extra innings. That put LSU in the driver's seat to win the Hattiesburg Regional. But Southern Miss said, not so fast. The Golden Eagles were forced to play in the elimination game early on Sunday. They win that in extra innings, nonetheless, to get a chance, another shot, if you will, at LSU. And this time, they close the door. They get the win and force a winner Take all scenario today. Once again, pregame starts at 2.30. First pitch scheduled for 3 o'clock. How's it going to go down? That's the big question mark, right? Does LSU have enough pitching to win the ballgame? Does Southern Miss have anything left in the tank? They had to play the additional game yesterday, so they have one more game under their belt than LSU does. Does that mean that LSU is going to be a little fresher? And can LSU go ahead and throw Hilliard out there? Yeah, he pitched on Friday, but he only threw 55 pitches. He should be able to give you three innings, at least good work today. You can also throw Devin Fondo out there and Vitmeyer. But pitching has been an issue for LSU for quite a while. They're winning these games like they did against Kinsall State, like they did against Southern Miss on Friday and Saturday because they're playing gorilla ball, because they're just outslugging the competition. Is that how it's going to go down this afternoon in Hattiesburg? You'll be able to find out. Once again, pregame 2.30, first pitch, 3 o'clock, right here on the game. Houston Astros, meanwhile, wrap up their nine-game road trip by beating the Kansas City Royals yesterday, 7-4. They went 6-3 on the road trip. Jordan Alvarez hit his 19th home run. He is unbelievable. Why anyone would decide to throw the ball him. If I was the opposition, I would just constantly walk Jordan Alvarez. It's like, put him on the base pass. I'm done seeing this guy trot around the base pass on us. Big win for the Strohs. Framer Valdez was very good. And the Houston Astros have increased their lead in the American League West to eight and a half games. 
Eight and a half. I know it's early. I know it's only June the 6th. I understand there's 162 games to a Major League Baseball season, and a lot can happen. But for all the naysayers, for all the people that said the sky was falling back in, you know, April, when the show started off, what, 12 and 12, 13 and 13? They were a 500 ball club for the first few weeks of the season. I told you back then, be patient. This team starts off slow. They're the best team in that division. And sure enough, despite all the glowing articles written by national pundits about the state of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, California, Credit Union, San Diego, here we are, and the Angels have lost 11 straight games. They're below 500 with, despite having two, as I've been told, generational talents. And the Astros, despite having Yuli and Alex Bregman go through some struggles at the dish, which they are, they're in complete control. Eight and a half games up on the Angels in the AL West standings. But also yesterday's game was another example of Major League Baseball failing. And it happened there in the ninth inning. What are we doing? Why are umpires continually inserting themselves into games and trying to make themselves the star of the game? Is it ego or is it just incompetence? I don't believe in nefarious things going on behind the scenes to throw players out of games or to turn the tides on things. I, When I see stuff like this, when it's bad officiating in the National Football League or Major League Baseball or NBA or college or even high school ranks, it doesn't matter. It boils down for me as incompetence, as in people not being properly trained to do their job the right way. But what happened yesterday was ridiculous, uncalled for, and just a sham. There's two outs in the ninth inning of the Astros game against the Royals. Ryan Presley is on the bump trying to close things out. They have a comfortable lead. There's two outs. He throws an inside pitch. He misses his mark and promptly gets ejected from the game. Now, to recap, did Ryan Presley's pitch, did it hit the Kansas City Royal batter? No. Did it brush the Kansas City Royal hitter from off the plate? No. Did it come by the Kansas City Royals hitter's head? Nope. Yet Ryan Presley gets thrown out of the game. That is as moronic as it comes. That's just stupid. Even the Kansas City Royals hitter who's in the batter's box just looked when the ump started to approach and lift himself from beyond the plate to walk out. You just see the player, the Royals hitter go, what are you doing? Like the only thing the Kansas City Royals hitter had to do is just suck in his chest. Didn't come at his head, didn't come at his back, didn't brush him off the plate, didn't hit him. Yet we're ejecting guys for this. What are we doing? Once again, I'm not a fan of either team. I don't have a rooting interest in. What I have a rooting interest in is Major League Baseball and the state of the game and how Rob Manford is allowing bad officiating, bad umpiring to make. That's what we're talking about today. 
That's what so many people were talking about yesterday. Look at the bad, once again, bad officiating. Do your job. There's no scenario. This isn't balls and strikes and you missing the ball there, missing the placement of the ball on the plate. It's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the fact that you made a decision to throw out a pitcher because he threw inside. Is this where we're at now, where we're not going to allow pitchers to throw inside to batters anymore? Is this where we're really at in Major League Baseball? You can't throw inside anymore. Because if you do, even though you don't hit the guy, even though you don't brush him off the plate, even though you don't even remotely close to hitting him, you're going to get ejected from ball games. This is what we're doing now. This is the precedent that we're trying to set in Major League Baseball. It's a sham. And it's a shame. And it's shameful that this is what is happening in Major League Baseball. Plain and simple. Major League Baseball, do better. Rob Manford, do better. Umpire behind the plate, do better. And how is no one else in that crew stepping up to say, what you doing? Like, what you doing, Blue? No, he wasn't trying to maliciously hit the batter. Look, can we just move on and, and go ahead and make sure we get our reservation at Applebee's and meet it on time? Instead of having to sit here and stop a game to throw a pitcher out with two outs in the ninth inning? It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. We'll talk more about this with Bob Nightingale, who will be joining us from USA Today, the award-winning columnist and reporter who covers MLB. That's coming up next. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. RP3 came to the station this morning to do only two things. Kick some ass and drink some beer. Looks like we're almost out of beer. Well, it's kind of early for the latter, isn't it? Maybe. Probably. Maybe just a root beer or some flavored water. Back to more kick-ass sports talk with RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Turns 10 yours, 10, 10 yours? It's not 10 yours, it's 10 years. Apparently, I'm breaking in a new tongue on this Monday morning edition of RP3 and Company. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, is turning 10 years old. That's right. And we're inviting you to our birthday bash as we celebrate a decade of being Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Join us at Buffalo Wild Wings on Ambassador Caffrey on Wednesday, June the 22nd. That's when, once again, Ambassador Caffrey, Buffalo Wild Wings location on Wednesday, June the 22nd. There is going to be delicious wings, amazing door prizes, and appearances from your favorite 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles personalities. And Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh will be broadcasting live from the party. So come join us at B-Dubs on Wednesday, June the 22nd from 5 to 9 o'clock for the game's 10th birthday bash. Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day. Who's going to win the Hattiesburg Regional Finale between LSU and Southern Miss? Go leave your 
comments on Facebook and Twitter. But right now, it's time for us to talk Major League Baseball with one of the best in the business. He covers the sport as a columnist and reporter for USA Today. It's our friend Bob Nightingale joining us here. Bob, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend? Yeah, doing well. How about you guys? Doing great, bud. Doing great. All right. First question to you is this. Are the Houston Astros and the New York Yankees the two best teams in the American League by far? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I would, I would say that. Yeah, uh, I think they got a big, uh, big advantage with the Minnesota Twins. So, I mean, the biggest competition for those teams will be the other teams in the uh, in the, in the NL East. I mean, I'm sorry, the AL East. Well, let's let's talk about the AL East because obviously the Yankees have raced out to a great lead. A lot of people were high on the Toronto Blue Jays of them being able to make some noise this year, finally kind of breakthrough year. Um, why have the Yankees been able to take such a commanding lead in the East, and what's going on with the Blue Jays? Well, the Yankees are getting some tremendous starting pitching. I mean, up and down, you know, one through five, uh, they've been dominant. I and mean, their starting rotation is the second best in baseball behind the Dodgers. Uh, so and their, their bullpen's been solid getting some uh, great offensive contributions, you know, not just Aaron Judge, but up and down that lineup. So they beat you different ways this year. Before, it was always, you know, home run or, or a strikeout. If they weren't hitting home runs, they were going to lose. So different different team now. And Toronto was built to win. I mean, they, they're they a solid team. Uh, kind of a younger version of the Yankees. So they, they should be around all year as well. Do you believe, I mean, they're seven and a half games back. Do you believe that, Toronto is going to be able to kind of push New York. It's still early in the season, Bob. It's only June the sixth. Do you still believe the Blue Jays can make this thing uh, make things interesting in the AL East? Oh, I do, and I don't, I don't rule out the Rays. The Rays do this year after year. You know, hang around. Uh, you know, Boss is not done. You know, there's there's still a good team to get some uh, pieces. I'm not sure they have enough to win the division, but certainly a wild card spot. But I would I would think the uh, you know until you know, until uh, it's they're limited, uh, you know, the Rays and Blue Jays will be right there, you know, all the way, at least pushing the Yankees. Let's go over to the AL Central, Bob, because the Twins have kind of taken command there, 32-24 and overall. They have a four-and-a-half game cushion over the Cleveland Guardians. I know the White Sox have had injury issues. Are you surprised by how much they're kind of struggling being below five hundred? I am. I mean, they've been, uh, you know, probably the most underachieving team in baseball. I, I don't expect that to last. At some point, you know, they got to uh, turn it on. You know, just like we've seen Atlanta turn it on here in the National League. So I, I think a, uh, they've been crushed by injuries. But some of these guys are coming back. Lance Lynn is coming back. So uh, I still think that you know they're, they're the team to beat in the division. Houston Astros started off slow like they always do, right, Bob? Uh, April, they're always a 500 ball club, even early in May. And then they turn it on like they've been doing during this great run of three World Series appearances in five years. And here they sit, 35-19, and 19, and they have an eight-and-a-half game cushion in the AL West. Astros yet find ways to win, uh, to keep winning, to keep things going, even with losing guys in free agency and losing guys in the offseason. Yeah, you know, that pitching staff is just such a, a great young pitching staff. And this is all without Lance McCullers. So when Colors comes back, you know, it should be a really uh, powerful rotation. 
And, you know, they're not getting that much offensive help. So it's all been uh, the pitching, really, except for Jordan Alvarez. You know, no one's really uh, doing much. So when those guys do get hot, you know, watch out. They may even be a more dangerous team. So this is a, uh, yeah, this team, I think they play the Yankees pretty soon here. But this team's going to give the, you know, Yankees, everybody else, uh, as much as they can to handle, uh, you know, come postseason. Are you surprised by how how well Justin Verlander is pitching at the age of 39 and coming off Tommy John surgery? I am. I, I thought, okay, let's see what happens here. Uh, you know, like you said, coming off Tommy John surgery, especially uh, at that juncture of his career, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I didn't know, you know, what, what, when he went to Houston, okay, how much was real, how much, okay, it, it's going to fall back. As he was a pitcher like this at the end of his career, or at the end of his time in Detroit, and sort of became a different pitcher in Houston, like some guys do. And uh, But, yeah, I, I am surprised. We're talking with Bob Nightingale, USA Today reporter, columnist, covers Major League Baseball. Let's talk about the Los Angeles Angels. Lots of hype about them, especially early in the season, Bob. Lots of, you know, very detailed think pieces written by a lot of folks about how they're breaking through and they're great. And they've lost now 11 straight and they're below 500 in the standings. What is going on with the Angels? Well, I mean, Trout uh, went over 26 now, the longest drought of his uh Career, Otani is good, but not great like he was a year ago. Uh, Radon, you know, back on the injury list again. You know, he hasn't really done anything since he signed that contract. Uh, you know, in the pitching, now it's kind of falling back to where we were, you know, we thought it would be. So we'll see what happens. I know they had high expectations. Uh, I didn't think they're a playoff team. I know people would jump on that bandwagon. <clears throat> I just didn't see it. And, uh, but, you know, we lose 11 in a row like this. Then you wonder, uh, okay, what happens to Joe Madden? This is the last year of his contract. Uh, you know, we'll see if his job remains safe. When you see a team like this that has talent but is underperforming, and you mentioned Joe Madden, you'd be interested to see if he loses his job or not. It, it, this feels like this is the story year after year with the Angels. Why can't they just figure out a way – to put all this together, especially when you have generational talents like they do? Well, it's been the pitching. I mean, they, uh, you know, they did get some pitching. Michael Lorenzen's been very good for them. Uh, you know, Syndergaard has, has been solid as well. But still, you just don't have those horses. They've been putting that money in, you know, in the wrong places. And they went after Garrett Cole. And, uh, you know, when Cole signed with the uh, you know, Yankees, they gave that $245 million to Anthony Rendon. That was a colossal mistake. Uh, you know, it wasn't they didn't need offense, and you know, obviously, Rendon has done nothing for them, and they should have get you know they should have got more pitching instead, and they didn't. So I think just that that philosophy or strategy just you know huge backfire. Let's switch over to the National League. You mentioned the Braves. The Mets are leading that division comfortably by eight and a half games, and they're doing so with their their star pitchers being banged up right, uh, here and there. Um, they haven't been 100% healthy. Uh, do you believe the Mets are built to keep this going and to make a postseason run? No, I do. I mean, you're winning games like this, you know, uh, you know, without the two big boys, in Scherzer and DeGrom, you know, it, it bodes well. Uh, you know, they never said, oh, we're, we're done. You know, we can't survive without these pitchers. It's just, okay, 
who's the next one to step up. So, I mean, here comes Atlanta. Atlanta just won six in a row. They hadn't won three in a row all year. Now they're playing much better baseball, you know, getting their swagger back. So I, I think it'll be a, still a very good division race. I don't, I don't think the division race is over by any means. You mentioned, you know, the Braves. Olsen, you know, had a bit of a slump there. He's the hometown kid, the you know, the home state kid coming back home. And he sure does seem like in the last few weeks, Bob, he's kind of found his groove a little bit, not only at the plate, but also hustling out there in in the infield. What do you make of what you're seeing, the progression of Olsen in that role for the Braves? Yeah, he'll be fine. I mean, he had some defense mistakes. People kind of wondering, hey, what happened to this Gold Glove winner? But I think there's pressure. You know, you're taking over uh, for Freddie Freeman, uh, you know, iconic figure for that franchise. I mean, look at his numbers. I mean, his numbers are better than Freeman's right now. Uh, he has adjustment. He has a switch. He had to switch leagues. Freeman didn't have to switch leagues. Uh, you know, so he's seeing pitches he'd never seen before. So I think he's doing just fine. Uh, and when you talk to uh, that front office and the coaching staff, they'll tell you, hey, uh, Matt Olson's the least of the problems. All right, bud, wrap it up with this. We'll stay in the NL East. Phillies decide to part ways with Joe Girardi. Uh, what what went wrong there in the city of brotherly love? Well, the, the team wasn't constructed well. It was all, you know, kind of reminds you of the Angels. So just all, all offense, no no pitching, and no defense either. So, uh, you know, put a lot of stress on those pitchers because these guys weren't making plays. You know, now they said, okay, let's have a different voice in here. And they do. And I think, you know, Rob Thompson at least gives them a different voice. And, and uh, you know, I think players, too, is a wake-up call when the manager's fired because they're the ones who got him fired by, by playing so poorly. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, we'll see if this works. If not, they'll get a new manager in the off season. But this is a team that's got, you know, too much star power and way too much money invested, you know, to, to be playing like this. And uh, who knows, maybe, uh, you know, winning the three in a row over the Angels – We'll get them going. All right, bud, I'll get you out of here with this. Central in the NL, competitive Brewers only have a half-game lead over the Cardinals. Dodgers over in the West only have a two-game lead now over the Padres. Do you expect those races to be kind of nail-biters throughout the rest of the season if everyone stays healthy? I do. I think people sleep on the Padres. You know, the Padres, we thought this was going to happen a year ago. You know, now it's happening. Very good team. Uh, Their pitching staff. I think is a better pitching staff than the Dodgers. Uh, that rotation is a deep rotation too. Uh, you know, it's not just you, Darvish. They get a, a lot of uh, guys chipping in here, and uh, and so I, I I wouldn't be surprised if they win the division. I really want it. Uh, not, I'm not that sold on the Dodgers. Very good team, you know, but they don't have those uh, that ace that's just going to shut you down. You know, it's not Kershaw. He's on the injured list. Uh, Walker Bueller is not the same this year. And they, uh, you know, there is a uh, Julio Urias who won 20 games. So I think the Dodgers can be beat. I, you know, they'll be in the playoffs, obviously. Uh, I'll see it, we'll see if they win the division or not. But I don't think that that runaway team that people thought was going to be. Bob, appreciate your time as always, brother. Thank you so much. Keep up the tremendous work that you're doing with USA Today, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds great. Thank you, everybody. It's Bob Nightingale. From USA Today, breaking down Major League Baseball for us. We got to take a timeout, but when we return, we're going to talk more baseball, but the college game, NCAA regional discussion with a little bit of a focus on the SEC with our buddy Adam Spencer from Saturday Down South. That's coming up next. 
right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. June 6, 1944. All Major League Baseball games are canceled in honor of the D-Day landings in northern France. The invasion by the Allied forces turns the course of World War II. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. NCAA regional weekend. Well, we needed an extra day to get it all in. Ten games on tap today. They're actually going to finish another game additionally, which is Auburn's game, which was called last night, paused rather, due to weather. So 11 games. We'll have 22 teams in action today on Monday to figure out how the Super Regionals are going to be set. To break it down for us, the weekend that was when it comes to college baseball, is our good friend from Saturday Down South, Mr. Adam Spencer, joins us now. Adam, good morning to you, brother. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing fine, bud. First question is this. It, it felt like an absolute bonkers weekend where no lead was safe, and we saw football scores on the baseball diamond. What's your big takeaway from NCAA regional play for baseball? Yeah, that uh, that Stillwater regional seems to be there's something in the water over there because I mean, 29 to 15 and 14 to 10, and uh, yeah, I mean that was crazy. Just 68 runs scored there yesterday alone, and uh, you know the games on Saturday were pretty crazy too there. So yeah, I mean there's a there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of hitting going on there, and uh, you know some of these other places too. I mean Auburn has a nine nothing lead in this game that's being finished today. You know there's a 15 runs scored against uh, Gonzaga, and uh, you know so many teams were putting up you know at least 10 point 10 runs. So you know that's a that's a interesting to see an interesting trend, and uh, you know it's uh, it's uh, going to be interesting to see which teams can find some pitching here today when uh, when everything's on the line because you know there's some tired arms around the around the country here. Are you surprised by how many national seeds are needing to have to play on Monday to punch their ticket to Super Regionals? Because it seems like a lot this year. Yeah, it seems like a lot, but, uh, you know, it's it, just the way that these uh, these things go. I mean, it's so tough to do what, what Tennessee did, what, uh, what you know, Texas A&M did, and actually, you know, win as the regional host and do so convincingly, like, you know, there's that stat that, like, since 1999, the number one overall seed hasn't won the College World Series. So, you know, Tennessee's working against that. But, uh, you know, to see them, like, that's just, it's impressive in today's college baseball where there's just so much parity that, uh, you know, to, to be able to avoid playing on Monday. But, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, I, I expect some of these teams to take care of business. You know, I think Stanford will get the job done. I think, uh, you know, I think uh, East Carolina will get the job done, and then some of these other games are going to be really fun. I mean, Vanderbilt looked good last night. Uh, 
Ole Miss was the last team in the tournament, and here they are with a chance to go to the Super Regionals. So, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of exciting baseball to play, and, uh, you know, I, I expect more runs to be scored because a lot of teams aren't throwing their aces today either. So uh, look for that offensive outburst to continue. Who do you have that's the most on upset watch, in your opinion, Adam, of the, the big national seeds that are playing today? You mentioned East Carolina. Uh, you mentioned Oregon State. They're the three seed. They're taking on a Vandy team that's uh, that's caught fire. Arkansas is taking on Oklahoma State, and Okie State's had their hands full in their regional. Which one of these regional national seeds are you looking at being the most on upset watch today? Yeah, I would say Oregon State. I, I really like the way that Vanderbilt bounced back yesterday with their backs against the wall. So, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, Obviously, Tim Corbin's team has a lot of experience. Uh, you know, he's a national title winning coach. So, uh, you know, I expect that to be perhaps the best game of the day out there in Corvallis. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Vanderbilt got the job done and got the win and moved on to the region or super regional. Which one of the lower seeded teams, the non national seeds, do you like their chances today? to punch their ticket to a super regional. Do you like Arkansas against Oklahoma State? Do you like UConn against Maryland? Who do you like? I like Arkansas, um, but, you know, the way that we've seen that regional go, that could be a 30-17 to <laughs> 17 game or something like that. So, you know, it's all about who gets hot and who stays hot with the bat. But uh, I also like LSU, honestly. I think that uh, Southern Miss, you know, is a really good team. But, uh, you know, LSU, if they – you know, if they can score in more than one inning, they're a really dangerous team. So, uh, you know, I, I've got my eye on LSU there on the ESPNU today, too. We're talking with Adam Spencer of Saturday Down South. He joins us here on RP3 and Company talking NCAA Regional Weekend. How much uh, trouble is Stanford in? They're the number two national seed, yet they're finding themselves in a dogfight against Texas State out of the Sun Belt. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Stanford will get the job done. Uh, you know, Texas State is a really good team. It's kind of like that uh, that region that uh, Florida was handed, you know, where the four seed was, uh, you know, Central Michigan, and people just didn't realize, like, how good of a team Central Michigan was. And, I mean, they gave they gave the Gators all that they could handle yesterday in that, uh, in that first game of the day. So, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, Texas State's a really good team, but uh, – so it's not surprising that Stanford finds itself playing on Monday, but uh, you know that's a that's a late game tonight. But I think that the Cardinals get the job done. Ole Miss, Arizona. Uh, here we sit. Miami, who you know uh, looked to be one of the best teams in the country and national seed, they're ousted. They don't even make it to Monday, and instead we got Ole Miss, as you mentioned, who barely got in. Uh, that sweep at LSU played a huge role in them even getting into a regional. They're taking on Arizona. Uh, boy, that that seems to be immensely intriguing. Is that the big? Uh, is that the most intriguing game of the day for you? And is Miami been the biggest disappointment so far for you? Yeah, I'm definitely disappointed in you know Miami. That the weather played a big part in that regional too. I mean, it, you know it canceled the day of games and uh, had them you know jam pack a, a bunch of games into a couple days there but uh yeah i think Ole Miss definitely you know they're like oh we're the last team in huh and you know there was a lot of people saying well nc state should have gotten in over them you know a lot of people saying even from the sec like alabama and 
Kentucky had better cases to get in than Ole Miss. So it seems the Rebels have uh, taken that personally a little bit here. And, uh, you know, they're playing with a little chip on their shoulder. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them win in advance. And, uh, you know, when you have a guy like Tim Elko on your team as your leader, I mean, is there anything that that guy can't do? I mean, I, I love watching him play. And, uh, you know, I, I think it would be a great story if they went from last team in to, you know, playing in the Super Regional round. Uh, another team that quote unquote stole a bid would have been Michigan by winning the Big Ten tournament, and I don't think a lot of people gave them a, a great chance. Yet here they are; they're taking on the 12 seed, the 12 national seed, Louisville, in a winner-take-all game uh, today at 11 o'clock. Uh, how impressive has the Wolverines' run been? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there's something to be said for these teams that uh, that get hot at the right time, and uh, you know, Cruz through their conference tournaments like Michigan did. Uh, I, I mean, I know that, uh, you know, that's a regional that uh, Vanderbilt was disappointed that it didn't get into uh, instead having to head all the way out to Corvallis. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe they dodged a bullet there because the Wolverines are really hot, and you know, and uh, Louisville's kind of a vulnerable um, national seed there. So, you know, I, that, that's, that game is going to be interesting. That gets going here in just, just a little bit. So, uh you know, I think uh, that's definitely one one to watch too. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan won that one because, like you said, you know they come into this tournament so hot after uh, you know cruising through that Big Ten tournament and uh, you know maybe even stealing uh, Rutgers' spot. So um, you know that'll be that'll be a good game there in in Louisville. And uh, you know the Cardinals are are uh, I'll put them on upset alert right now. I think that they got to watch their backs there today. Explain to me how Super Regionals work. And the reason why I ask you this, Adam, is because if LSU wins, they could possibly host the Supers because they'd play the winner of Ole Miss, Arizona. How does that work? How do they determine who hosts in that scenario? Because Ole Miss is the, you know, the three seed in their regional, but Arizona's the two. How does that how does that break down? Do you know? Um, I'm not entirely sure on that one. Um, you know, I I know that, uh, you know, when you're a team like Tennessee and Texas A&M and you win, then you're hosting. But, uh, yeah, some of these uh, not national seeds, when they win, I'm not entirely sure how that whole hosting process works. But either way, it's going to be intriguing if LSU wins because they get to their, their new coach gets to go up against his former team in, in one scenario, and then you have Ole Miss and LSU and everything that goes along with that. So either way, we could have some uh, some some interesting things there. All right, bud, let me get you out of here with the football question. They had they held their meetings in Destin. Anything stand out to you besides the Jimbo Nick Saban mid nineties lame rat beef? Anything else stand out to you about what came out of the meetings there in Destin this past week? You know, I was I was impressed with the. Uh... You know the not rushing to vote on a on a new conference schedule model for when Texas and Oklahoma join. You know, um, Greg Sankey has proven time and time again that he uh, he he won't rush into decisions until a decision has to be made. You know, we saw that with the the COVID season in 2020 when you know the Big Ten and the Pac-12 rushed to cancel their season, and Greg Sankey's just like, well, we'll see what happens. You know, we're not going to cancel anything in April here. 
Um, we'll see what happens over the summer. And, uh, you know, that's a big part of why, you know, the SEC was able to play a 10-game season that year. And, uh, you know, so there's there's a split between, you know, these teams. Some teams want to play eight conference games, like, uh, you know, Kentucky, because it wants to keep it the Louisville rivalry. And, uh, you know, then there's teams like uh, Florida and Georgia who are like, hey, you know, moving to nine conference games would be fine with us because, you know, we have that – they have that uh, – that game in Jacksonville every year. So if they go to nine, then they'll each have four home games and then a neutral site game. So, you know, until you can get all 14 schools on board with the scheduling model, there's no reason right now to rush into a vote and uh, potentially anger some of the member schools. So, you know, I, I like that they had the conversations about scheduling models, but I'm also – you know, happy to see that they didn't uh, rush into voting on anything when uh, they don't need to yet because it could be two years till Texas and Oklahoma join. Adam, appreciate your time as always, brother. I got to take a time out. Keep up the tremendous work with Saturday Down South, and we'll talk to you soon, bud. Enjoy your summer. Sounds good. You too. That's Adam Spencer of Saturday Down South joining us here on RP3 and Company, talking all things NCAA regionals as well as a little SEC football question there at the end appreciate adam for his time we got to take a time out we'll wrap up today's show finalize the poll question of the day and get you set up for kevin foot and footnotes that's all next right here on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station your home for lsu tigers and houston astros let your voice be heard Hello. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111 and speak your mind. Hello. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Final results of the poll question of the day on this tremendous Monday edition of RP3 and Company. We asked you, who wins today's winner-take-all regional game featuring LSU and Southern Miss? Once again, first pitch, 3 o'clock. Pre-game will begin at 2.30. You can listen to it live right here on the game. And this was close. 51% of you say LSU will win. 49% of you say Southern Miss will win. Ton on Twitter says Southern Miss wins. And let's be real, Tiger fans, for our first year, Johnson has done very well. Paul completely screwed this team up, and Jay was still able to make the regional with it without the help of umpires trying to give him one last ride like Maneri. Saltiness around the board. Thanks for all who voted on the poll question of the day. All those who commented as well on Facebook and Twitter. I want to thank our guest Jeff Palermo from the Louisiana Radio Network and Tiger Rag Radio, Bob Nightingale from USA Today, Major League Baseball reporter, and Adam Spencer. Our buddy from Saturday down south. For the intern extraordinaire, Daryl, producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, I'm Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. We'll do it all again tomorrow, 6 to 9. But until then, be safe out there, be kind to one another. Kevin Foote and Footnotes is up next, right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.